What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Monday, October 31st, final day. Happy Halloween. Uh, it was an insane weekend this weekend. Obviously, we had the Western Conference Finals. We had the Eastern Conference Finals. As you know, we were at the game. I was at the game. Insane game. LAFC completely dominated. It was 3-0. I never felt like uh, Austin FC had a chance. I did feel like the game probably before the start was going to be closer, but LAFC had a completely different game plan, a high press. Uh, it, was a, it was a great time. If you're at the Bank of California Stadium, you definitely enjoyed that match. If you're an LAFC fan, you definitely enjoyed that match. Now they head on to the MLS Cup Final, the first time ever for them to go to the MLS Cup Final, and I believe also the first time for the Philadelphia Union. So you got both number one seeds going into next Saturday, and LAFC will host it at the Bank of California Stadium. And here to help me talk about all things LAFC and the MLS Cup Final, we got Justin. Justin, how you doing? Doing well, man. That was absolutely an incredible game. Uh, and an incredible one to be at. You know, I thought Austin would put up a little bit more of a fight, uh, but I did expect an LAFC dominant performance. And that's what we got. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I was I was surprised because I I felt I think even if I was uh, I don't know if I was talking to you or not, but I, LAFC should have been probably could have been up three zero in that first half. Uh, their, their goalkeeper Austin FC's goalkeeper Stuver um, pretty much was uh, was the was the reason why they didn't get scored on more. Um, you, you could also say LAC probably could have done a better job, uh, you know, finishing and, and doing a better job on their fa- chances. But this game could have easily been 5-0, 6-0, um, just the way it, it turned out. Yeah, no, it definitely could have. You know, Steve Sharondola said after the game, obviously, that he's not going to be disappointed at 1-0 at halftime. But it was, as you say, it was it was more the finishing to me than the goalkeeping. Um, uh, Stuver made a couple good saves for sure. But yeah, most of the shots were right at him. You felt like the ones that obviously didn't go in the back of the net. So uh, yeah, I just think the finishing in the first half wasn't necessarily there. It was there in the second half, uh, obviously. Own goal helped. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think it's about, yeah. about the finishing. Yeah, the finishing, yeah, I could definitely could 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 be better um, for LAFC. But look, they got the win, they got the victory. Um, let's talk a little bit more about this game because I, I think that 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 first goal w- was impressive. We got another uh, goal by Chicho Arango from the set piece. Um, you know, I asked Steve Sharondola after the game, you know, how long they've been working on that because that to me looked like a, a set piece that they had been working on. And he credits mm-hmm. our Mark Dos Santos um, because that's his department who handles those set pieces. And to me. Um, when a player just scores uh, that I wouldn't say that easily on, on Mark Austin, Austin either was confused or, or the, the, I think it was both the LAFC ran the play so smooth. I think Kellini was a guy in the front that kind of like blocked or set kind of like a pick, you know, in basketball terms mm. uh, and for Chicho mm. to run back and Carlos Vela just uh, placed it right in there. And I think it was, it was, it was, a, it was an impressive play for me. And I think it was also impressive, um, to continue to see what uh, LAFC continues to add and all these different things, because it, it, it was, it was, it was impressive on the finish and also impressive on how they were able to execute it. What, what were your thoughts on that play? Absolutely. And I think it's a big sticking point is those set pieces because they can obviously be crucial uh, in playoff games in any knockout format. Right. And LAFC now Chicho Arango himself now has both the winning goals technically that were both came from set pieces, both came from corners for LAFC uh, in against Galaxy and now against Austin. So I think it's, it says a lot about 
uh, as you say, Marco Santos is aware, but both of them were clearly from the training ground. I mean, the first one against Galaxy, uh, win back post for Bawanga, clearly set up. And then this one, obviously very uh, well set up from the training ground as well. But Chicho Rongo, you know, makes the perfect run into the top of the six-yard box. And uh, the ball from Vela is is incredible. His, his corners were so good uh, in this game as well. So... It's great to see because I think we discussed last week, LAFC prior to these past two games weren't fantastic on set pieces, probably since Mamadou Fall left. Uh, and so I think that it's great to see at a crucial time in the playoffs to get these goals that can really make the difference and could do so in the MLS Cup final as well. Yeah, and you you you, mess, you mentioned something else. Obviously, you know, Chicho back-to-back games, uh, you know, on those set pieces, <clears throat> excuse me, on those set pieces, and and just it's just it's just impressive how um you know even though the last game, uh no one's gonna remember he had he struggled against the galaxy right no one remembers you remember by the goals and everything mm-hmm. no one remembers right and then the big moments um he's had so many big moments this year for LAFC. And he continues to have those uh, this playoff run. Obviously, now there's just one more game left, and you know I expect for him to also get on the score sheet uh, next Saturday versus uh, Philadelphia Union because he's rolling hot, and he, he just knows where to be in, in that six yard yard box when you expect it to be very crowded, and you just see just like the Austin's defenders were just standing there. And you also make make a great point since Mabudu fought, we haven't seen um, this team be as as dangerous as they once were on the aerial attack, you know, and, you know, cause obviously Mamadou Falk definitely, you know, he, he had that, you know, he had that height, but he also had, you know, uh, that ver- verticality of being able to just get over on top of anybody. And I think it's also good mm-hmm. to see, to see, you know, Chicho being that guy and continue to score these goals. And to me, to me, it was, I was, I was overall, overall impressed with, with the play, but also overall like on how, cause I, I initially thought it was Ryan Hollingshead who scored this. Cause he was like running towards the bench. And then Chicho mm-hmm. kind of looked, if we see right there, kind of looked like he was the one mm-hmm. congratulating him. And, you and you know, it's kind of like he – it's kind of almost expected. Like he expected to, to score that goal, and, and it just speaks volumes of where this team is at. Yeah. No, it absolutely does. Uh, he is crucial to this team. I mean, I don't think there's any understating that. He's getting MVP questions. He's in the MVP. I mean, I don't think he's – I think we both know he's not going to win – MVP, but to be a finalist, right, is says a lot for how far he's come. Uh, and to be in that category as a non-DP says a, a lot. And we'll see where that future goes with him because I'm sure he's going to want that DP tag. Yeah, and talking about talking about that DP tag, I think also it's interesting too. Like, right, if if, if the voting ended um, today, you know, I think I think his stock would be right. a, a lot higher than I think the voting yeah, but- ended like per, before the playoffs started. Uh, because yeah, obviously, I, I believe like recency bias uh, would play a lot into something like this, right? And he's had two two big goals in that, and mm-hmm. right, like Hany Mukhtar went out in the first round, Jerusi mm-hmm. he just left, obviously Chicharito in the second round, and and Chicho Rongo. So he's had two two pretty big moments in the playoff run. So yeah, we'll we'll see where he finishes. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see how how those votes will come out and everything but yeah i i don't i don't expect them to, if, if we just go off the regular season uh it's either at hany mukhtar uh which i think we're probably gonna win it or, or jerusi but nevertheless chicharongo has had a, such a big season i think also uh, for lafc players they're kind of almost in a disadvantage um because of how talented they are right to be mm-hmm. in, because you got you got so many you got so many uh talented players on the lfc roster 
that I think the MVP uh, award typically goes for a player that typically carries their team, right? Like all these other players I've mentioned on these other teams, they carry their team. But LAFC, so uh, the roster is well-constructed. It's very deep, you know, and you have so many players, um, so many players just just helping out the team that I think it's kind of hard for one player, for LAFC to stick out. Look, you have Chicho, you have Vela, now you have Boanga, right? The list just goes on and on and on. And I think it, it it just it's hard unless unless you have these big moments. But we'll we'll see what happens next year. I, I expect I, I mean I expect LAFC to at least have one candidate. But how how can they they differentiate themselves you know from the other candidates? Because I think the MVP is a, is a candidate who who needs to carry their team. Yeah, it becomes a numbers game at that point, unfortunately, right? We are, you know, there's a lot of MVP talk about Ilya Sanchez early in the season because he was That's playing right. so well. I still think, I mean, he was the best six in the, in the league all season, no doubt, but I think he was still one of the best players. It, it becomes a numbers game, I, I think, really. Um, like, the fact that Daniel Gazdag didn't get a nomination for Philadelphia says a lot. I mean, they did get Andre Blake, but, you know, it's the same thing there, right? They're in the MLS Cup Finals, the number one seed as well, and they have a ton of great players that could be in the conversation too. So it's it's just a tough one when your team is so stacked that it's harder to stand out because the numbers are shared rather than if you're the standout guy like Mukhtar, Drewsi, maybe mm-hmm. even Chicharito until Puj came around, you're getting all the numbers. Exactly. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Um, let's talk about another LAFC player. Just talking about how deep this roster is. Mahala. Mahala Poku. Mm. Uh, he, he scored. He got the third and final goal. Um, it, it was a, it was an amazing goal to me. Mahala, since he's joined this LAFC club, he, he's he's been great to watch since the first time he's put on the LAFC jersey. He has not disappointed. I, I think I recall that the first I think his first goal, one of his first goals was against uh, Cruz Azul. Uh, yeah, in, in the Concacaf Champions League, you know he's had big moments since 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 his uh, arrival, and he it's it's been amazing to to watch how Poku has has grown with the with this LAFC club, right? And how you know whenever he comes off the bench, uh, you you expect great things. You expect him to 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 put pressure on the defense. And to me, you're like, look, with how much talent this LAFC team has. He's coming off the bench, and that says a lot. And he's a youngster, right? Out of all the all the all the other forwards up top, all the wings up top, right? You got like right. You also got um, who said mentioned Buanga Vela. Uh, I think he came in for Chicho this last game, and then you also have uh, he's 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 ahead of uh, Gareth Bell, who has who's dealing with the injury. Kristen Teo, who's all you know, who who can't get minutes because Mahala is that good. And it, it, like it, to me, it just speaks volume on the recruiting that they did on Mahala, but also the job that Mahala has done with, with LAFC and he's grown. And, and you know, and and just to me, how he, especially this this season, um, we've seen him how he's worked on uh, being able to score from outside the eighteen. He's had like two game, I, I can recall two big goals from outside the eighteen. I think they were essentially back to back games, if my memory is correct. But like he's had those impressive goals, and even this one, I think the the last one, the one he scored yesterday. Uh, might have been from outside the 18. Talk to me about Mahalo, what you like and what, what you've seen. No, I think that's a great observation. That was the one yesterday. Yeah, I think it was just outside the 18 as well. Uh, and LAC don't score a lot of goals from outside the 18. I think Bella had two this season. Mahala, that would have been his third, I think. Uh, and there's not many more than that. I have no idea what the stat would be, but I would imagine LAC is near the bottom of the league in that category. So he provides that spark and obviously off the bench, he's uh, young, he has the energy, he has the pace. 
and he has the finishing, as you can see in that video right there. So it's it's all in one package, and I think the sky's the limit for this kid. It's really great to see um, because, you know, he's a fan favorite as well, and I think that he's such a likable guy. He's such a likable player uh, that it's you love having that type of player on your roster, uh, not only in the locker room, like his relationship with Kellen Acosta, we know is amazing. It's It's almost like a father-son relationship. Um, and <laughs> or 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 older brother, depending on how you want to look at it. But yeah, it, yeah, it's it's just great. There and and the fans love him. It's just everything about Mahali. You have to love him. Um, I, I haven't met anybody who doesn't. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it'd be hard, right, to to say anything bad about him. And he's just to me, he's just soaking it all in. He's soaking in the moment. You can see his excitement there. You know, he's pretty much sealed the deal for them being up 3-0 in the 81st minute. Um, and everything, you know, everything you mentioned here, like the relationship he has with Colin Acosta, right? There's that joke, you know, father-son joke that they got going on that the LAC keeps posting, which is which is amazing to see. And look, he's he, he's a player that, you know, like is when, when, I don't even, he's not in his prime, right? Give no. him a couple more years. I don't, I think he's definitely going to move on uh, from LAFC. Eventually he will get sold on. And whether he goes to Europe or wherever it is, he's, he goes in his career, he's going to be an exciting player to watch. And I think we're, we're just we're just, we're lucky enough just to see him here in an LAFC uniform. There's just so many other players um, that he's uh, that he's competing and has beat out to be that, that guy. Uh, to me, Mahala is clear to show. He's, he's, he at times this season he was a starter. But now he's the number one guy off the bench, right? Off the bench coming up, he's the one. And then you potentially, I don't know who else, maybe Teo. And then they, Gareth Bell will probably be third on the list, who essentially has been a non-factor for LAFC. But, yeah, credit to Mahala. Credit to what, what he's done in the, uh, in the black and gold jersey. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about Gareth Bell a little bit. Obviously, I think it would be a bigger story um, if LAFC, you know, were struggling or did it make it to the final. Or, or whatever, mm. and just to speak the, the depth of them. How do you feel about Gareth Bale and, and that situation? Because whether he plays on Saturday or not, it, it, it honestly doesn't doesn't. Um, it will not. I. It's crazy to say, but if he doesn't play, it's not going to hurt LAFC, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody expects him to play, right? I mean, he was technically on the bench against Austin. Uh, he wasn't on. He wasn't on the team sheet uh, against Galaxy. I don't know what his fitness level is at this point. I don't know whose decision it is for him not to play, whether it's just him deciding, you know, the World Cup's in a few weeks. I'm not going to play mm -hmm. uh, after I haven't been playing for a long time and such a big game and try and risk my body before the World Cup. I don't know what he's thinking, but I would guess uh, I would guess it has to do with the World Cup. And I would guess that, you know, we might see a lot more of Gareth Bale after the World Cup with LAFC than we saw before because we haven't seen anything, right? I mean, it's... It's just a very perplexing situation because he came into LAFC as the most highly touted player to ever come to MLS around that, uh, you know, echelon. And now he's just not talked about because he's not playing. Uh, and so we'll see if he can become a factor in the future. But right now he's really just not even worth talking about because he's not going to be on the pitch. Yeah. And I mean, even if he, whatever, he was trying to save himself for the World Cup, which I don't think he is. Um, this is just my, my just overall thoughts. I think even for the world cup, you need to have like some game minutes, right? You need, if you're not yeah. playing 90 minutes say, with your club team, 
what what makes I don't know I don't think I, I can't see him playing ninety minutes against was it is he playing against the U as well play, Wales playing against the U S in that first game, um yeah, yeah it's hard yeah. for me to see him playing ninety minutes against the U S men's national team when when the World Cup comes so yeah we'll we'll, we'll have to see uh, I definitely could see him being coming I, I expect him to come back next season but yeah I think you're right we'll see more of Gareth Bell next season uh, and, and what's to come but yeah he's been a non factor. And like it just speaks volumes of how this roster has been constructed, even though he's been a non-factor. LAFC are now on the MLS Cup final, so there's there's so much going on uh, with that. Um, Justin, uh, what about you? What what have you liked about LAFC this season? Because it, it's a it's a monumental moment for this club and for what they've done uh, from from the from the start, right? From this club being what like 2017, 2018, whenever they 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 came to life, right? And obviously we know the first season 2018 to now. This is what LAFC and the organization has worked so hard to finally get an opportunity to win an MLS Cup. They're a few days away Saturday they're to, to play for the first cup. What are your thoughts on overall uh, on the process of LAFC? Yeah, it's an incredible process. I think that uh, Steve Sherendolo needs to get his credit. I mean, the players we're talking about, Akela Acosta, especially, and Elias Sanchez as well, discussing how underrated I think Steve Sherendolo is because, you know, everyone talks about the roster construction and how well, uh, how great of a job John Thorrington has done. Uh, and I think it's obvious that he's done a great job. Nobody's discrediting that, but to take the credit away from Steve because of that, uh, I think is unfair. MLS is just a very, very difficult league that you have to go and play one or two games a week and across a long distances. It's, it's like no other league in the world and it's very, very difficult. Uh, and for him to do as well as he's done in his first year to bring his team to a supporter shield and to an MLS cup final uh, and potentially winning it is really sensational. And so I think that deserves the credit, but uh, from a long-term perspective, I mean, Bob Bradley set all the wheels in motion and I think, you know, he wasn't the guy anymore, obviously, to take LAFC forward, but he did an incredible job, uh, you know, starting LAFC and giving them structure to begin because he's a long-term coach. He knows exactly how to lay the foundations, and I think that's what he did for LAFC. So I think he was a perfect first coach. I mean, we've seen, like, Charlotte did not pick the right first coach, right? And, and it goes bad for teams if you can't get that right. Um, so I think Bob Bradley helped a lot in that way. And then Steve has, uh, you know, changed the style a little bit of LAFC. Uh, but it's still fun, flashy football, and it's it's winning. Yeah, look, uh, you 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 made a lot of great points there. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve Sharundalo. He's to me, um, it's one of those things. Like, right as soon as I think once, I think it might have been his first or no, I think it was a Gareth Bell press conference. I got I got to talk to him for a little bit, and I was like, and you know, we've got getting to know Bob Bradley, how he is, my way or the highway, and and Steve Sharundalo, who's very much more relaxed uh very a uh, very humble coach he uh, he doesn't love to, to get the credit he, he loves to talk about everybody else but himself he's a, he's, a, he's a very self-serving coach um and you know they, it's completely 180 from bob to steve on just the way uh they, they approach the game and i think look with all the talent that they have uh within the lafc roster you still got to make it work and, and a lot of people say oh yeah you're supposed to win if you have fella killini and all these other players but we've also seen teams that have all these players right at the highest level that can't make it work or that can't go to go to a final right like a psg right um mm -hmm. or, or you know sometimes you look the barcelona clubs or whatever you have all these talented players 
and you can't make it past you know the first round or whatever because it's it's a lot of pressure too. Uh, I think they also think the the great job that that the Steve Shondo has done this season. He's handled that pressure really well, right? And this is a, a coach that we did not know a lot about. We did not know all we knew was his USL resume. That's all we knew, right? We knew his resume in Europe, but you know none of us were watching those games, right? We just we just went off what we saw from the USL. So there, I think that was right for a lot of us to have questions. But it's also right for us to realize how good of a coach he is and how he's been uh, recognized by the league. I, I asked him on what was it the practice on Thursday prior to this game, prior to this, this Western Conference final game, you know, about that credit. And you really get to see how he he was just thinking his, his technical staff, the, the rest of the coaching staff, because he knows it. But like, you know, whenever whenever is a time to talk about him, he in a way kind of just deflects it. Um, and then like, I just, I just think that, you know, that, that, that's, that's his way. And we're learning more about him as a coach and even Chiellini, um, I think he, I think he was asked in the, in the, in the practice press conference and he says, he said something along the lines, I think you tweeted this, uh, Justin, he said that, um, he doesn't talk, he doesn't talk as much, but when he talks, he's, uh, he's right. Something like that along those lines. And, and, you know, a mm-hmm. player, world-class player like Chiellini saying, saying those things it just speaks volume about the coach and also look when players are at this level right you're you're at, you're at a professional club um you already know what you're supposed to do right yeah you're right if, you, if you're a winger or this or that but there's just little nuances and i think steve has has, has had his way and you're right he's improved the system that bob Bradley has had because bob would uh at least tactically speaking, he would high press for like 90 minutes. And we see at times that LAFC doesn't do that for the, for, for, for the most part, but they, they do it in certain games and certain, in certain uh, times of the game. But this one from the start against Austin, FC, they high press, they suffocated Austin from the get go from the start. And Austin couldn't do anything. They really couldn't do anything in this game, but they were barely able to get any rhythm or any, they only got one shot on goal, right? To LAFC's 20 mm-hmm. something or whatever. One shot mm-hmm. on goal, which is very impressive, and that and that to me is uh, Steve doing his homework and you know just doing everything that we don't see behind the scenes, and like hey we're we're, we're high pressing from this game. Those are things that to me that that have stood out about Steve and just just certain things that I can, I can remember uh, just throughout the season. You know how he's handled the things, how he's gone. Like at times he would put three or four forwards in the season to try to win a game, but even though they lost, and those are things that I noticed that Bob wouldn't do. You know, and and those are things I've helped see. You know, get and land in first place, and you know now get to the final. So overall, uh, it's been impressive work by by Steve, and also impressive work by the front office to to have the confidence uh, to give him the job. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I think Steve, uh, as as opposed to Bob, but just in general, he's all about balance, uh, and whether that be in coaching or whether that be in his life, he's just. Uh, like the the team is always about balance, right? They want to play in phases. They want to be able to high press, as you say. They want to be able to defend deep. They want to be able to possess the ball. They want to be able to play in many different ways. Bob was play one way, right? And a lot of teams are play. They have one way of playing, not how Steve does things. I think as a coach, he's very, very similar. He focuses on tactics. He focuses on man management. He focuses on, uh, you know, delegation and, and being humble and allowing his coaching staff to do the work that they're meant to do as well and he and he also just lets the players have fun and uh play football and so i think he's 
balances everything very, very well, which, uh, yeah, is also opposed to Bob Bradley, N not exactly Bob style. Yeah, no, like like I said, uh, I think we definitely talked a lot about Steve and it's just just his persona and how he's been overall. And I look, I, I think it, it's, it's been it's been amazing. Um, it's unfortunate, right? He 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 went up up against Jim Curtin, um, who, who ended up winning the MLS Coach of the Year. Um, but I, I mean, I, I came two great coaches are, are facing up uh, this Saturday, which I think it's going to be. Uh, very very exciting because there's there's so much to think to t talk about. Um, let's talk about this moment. Um, the MLS Western Conference. We we they raised the cup. They raised the Western Conference uh, trophy. Uh, this is the first like obviously the first in club history. Seeing this moment, seeing LAC uh, raise this trophy. We know there's one more. Uh, what went through your mind once you saw this? No, it was it was fantastic. I mean, obviously, it's more about what it means rather than the actual trophy itself uh because it's it's about the next one right it's about can you win uh mls cup uh i think you know you can compare it to the nba the conference final trophy it means something but it's not the final trophy and so i think it's it's about getting there um but you know it's the first trophy that lfc have won that isn't a supporter shield right they have two in their uh history they've gotten you know they played in the U.S. Open Cup. They've gotten very, very close in the Champions League. And now it's time to add another one to the trophy cabinet. Um, so, yeah, and the the players seem to have that same mentality, which I think is fantastic. Enjoy the moment. And I think they were all soaking it in. Um, but they also have their eyes set on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday is going to be a good one, an exciting one. Let's, let's talk about the matchup. Philadelphia Union, obviously number one overall seed. LAFC number one overall seed in the Western Conference. Both teams um, finished with, I believe they both finished with 67 points. Uh, but the the tiebreaker went to LAFC. Was it because, it, was it goal differential? I forget what, what, the, what the tiebreaker was. Uh, LAFC ended up winning the Supporters' Shield, got the number one overall seed. They host. So it, that, that was because down the, the regular season, if, if things didn't go well for LAFC, we probably could have been in Philly, you know, for for this mm -hmm. game on Saturday. So it's good. It's it's good that they have it at home. We don't have to travel. You know, it's going to be right right here in our backyard. Um, Philadelphia, it, it's been amazing to watch. We saw them. They also scored three goals on NY they, against NY or NYCFC. They came from behind, scored two goals in, in two minutes, and then the, the sealed the deal there in the final three one. Um, whenever these two clubs have played, if my memory is correct, it's always been high scoring. What do you expect to see from Philadelphia this Saturday? Yeah, the the tiebreaker is uh, wins. So LAC had more okay. straight straight wins. Yeah, um, but as far as Saturday, yeah, I mean, I think that we're gonna see uh, a game at least controlled by LAFC uh, for the most part. Philadelphia have you know some of the lowest possession in the league. Uh, be, that's just how they play. They sit back and they, and they defend very, very well. Uh, and then they'll hit you on the counter. And they do that very, very well because they're also, the, you know, the highest scoring team in the league. So uh, it's a team to be afraid of, but I think LFC will have their chances, uh, their control possession, uh, try and break down Philadelphia. But LFC doesn't break down low blocks uh, a ton. But as I said, it's about Steve Schrondelo having the ability to do many different things with his team and he wants his team to be able to break down a low block. That's what they're going to have to try and do against Philadelphia for the most part. Uh, and so I think it'll be an interesting game. It won't necessarily be uh, end to end as much, but it'll be, you know, LFC in the Philadelphia half with Philadelphia countering 
quite often and trying to catch LAFC. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether uh, Steve Trendolo thinks Chiellini is fit enough to go. We know he came off at halftime and obviously he's a little bit older. Can he keep up with the running on to, to keep up with Philadelphia on the counterattack? Or maybe Eddie Segura is fit enough, or maybe you have to go with Ibiaga uh, so that you can have somebody young enough and fit enough to keep up with that. We'll see. Yeah, those those are going to be very uh, tough decisions uh, for Steve Strundel. Look, uh, and to me, Philadelphia Union is going to be a lot tougher. Look, I, I've seen a couple games of them this season. Uh, obviously, not as much as LAC, but watching that they, the, the the Eastern Conference Final yesterday um, when NYC scored first, um, and then they bounced back two goals in one minute. And you know, I just, I'm just like, this team is really well rounded, you know. But they're they're built like just like LFC, but they're built completely different, right? We LFC spent a lot of money, uh, you know, it's one of the teams that spent uh, some of the a lot of money to build out the roster. They have a ton of uh, international players, um, right? And but Minnesota on the other side, on the I mean, excuse me, Philadelphia on the other, on the other hand. They 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 their their roster construction their their roster payout it's towards the bottom right and they finished mm-hmm. number one um, they have two different ways of doing it both they're in 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 their each own way they've been successful and it's going to be very interesting to see because I, t- these are two mature clubs two mature clubs mm-hmm. you have two solid goalkeepers you have a, a solid back line a, a, you a solid uh, a midfield you know. Bedoya, you know, he's been around the league for a long for a long time. You saw we we know how crucial he is to, to the Philadelphia Union. Um and you also as well as Elias Sanchez for 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 LAFC. Um obviously the front three, I would have to give it to LAFC. Um just just how just by the talent, the roster. But look, uh was it Carranza, Carrasco, the guy that ended up scoring it was he scored like twice yesterday. Um yeah. very Carranza, yeah. Yeah, they can he they can also score very easily as well so two mature teams uh two exciting clubs and i think this is a matchup that everybody has wanted to see and this is a matchup that it's extremely exciting too because i think it's gonna be dual it's gonna be a high pace so i expect a lot of goals uh in this game even though we have two solid goalkeepers but just the way these two clubs can, can move the ball around can touch and can score i think it's gonna be a high scoring game yeah, both teams can definitely score, but they can both defend very well as uh, also. So it, it could go either way, uh, I think. But it, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's the first time since 2003, I think, that we've had mm-hmm. uh, the two number one seeds. And uh, there were, you know, 10 teams back then. So it's first time in modern MLS uh, in that this type of playoff format that we've gotten here. So it's incredible to see, and I think it's just going to be uh, one of the best games we've seen in a long time in MLS because, yeah, as you say, these are two very different teams. They play differently. They're built differently. Uh, Philadelphia has one of the best academies in the league, in the country, you know, mm-hmm. with up there with FC Dallas. Uh, LAC is still trying to build out their academy. It's a new team. They spent a lot of money. They're flashy. They're, you know, the team that people can hate on because they have Chiellini and Bale and all these uh, signings. But it's worked out for them as well. So it's going to be just a really very exciting match. And I don't think there's anywhere better than Los Angeles to host it. I agree. I, I agree with you. So I'm excited for this, for this next Saturday. Well, Justin, man, I appreciate you uh, being on. I appreciate all the times you've come on. Last game, last game, man. This is the last game Saturday. It's been a long season <laughs> for all of yes. us, you know, co- 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 covering the MLS, covering, covering LAFC. But look, 
Uh, it's exciting. This was going to be my first MLS Cup final to go and enjoy and watch. Obviously, I know for you too, um, but it's exciting, mm-hmm. man. So I, I want to thank you for always being on. I want to thank you uh, for hopping on as well. Of course, man. As always, thank you for having me. It's great. Love talking LAFC. Of course. So for Justin, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.